After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome in to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. After the Miami Heat lose their third home game of the season and second in a week, this one to the Boston Celtics. We'll address some of the issues in a second. I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. How frustrating is it to shop for dress clothes? You can never seem to find the right fit, the right color, the right style, or maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. Maybe you've got a wedding, a special event coming up, like maybe you're covering a Super Bowl. That's why you've got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier that's in South Miami. Her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. I wore actually a jacket, shirt, pants combination down here tonight to the Heat game, so it was not Blanca's fault. Um, She did a great job. Miami Heat did not. Schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. So give her a call at 305-310-2085. That's 305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom-tailored clothes. Stop buying off the rack. And now, tonight's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with Alex Toledo. Actually did a video on the floor with Alphonse Sidney, so check that out on our YouTube channel. We're actually over 2,500 subscribers there. Tons of new content from the Super Bowl, from Miami Heat games, and just about everything else. We'll have some videos up from tonight's game. Also, Alex, Miami Heat lose tonight. Choppy performance. And I said after the third quarter, if they win this one, it's kind of a steal because they weren't playing particularly well. But I think what we want to get into tonight are the issues that won't go away. Uh, We're going to hit five quickly, but I think what we saw tonight is that Miami just has some structural 
problems right now. Now, we can talk about the injuries they've had without Winslow and now without Kendrick Nunn, but Boston played without Jason Tatum tonight, and they were a little thinner in the rotation than they even than they typically are, and they're not a real deep team to begin with. Uh, the number one issue, Alex, I want to address is at the end of the game, the problem, one of the big problems with this team is, you've, you've talked about this all season, you have certain guys you need in there for one thing, but then you're going to give up something else. Duncan Robinson led the team in minutes tonight with 38, but Boston put him in a blender in the last five minutes of the game. Now, Eric Spolstra came to Duncan's defense, says he's playing good defense, that he wants to put together a video. That he put together a video for us of all the touch fouls, uh, that Duncan doesn't get quite the same respect as, say, Jimmy Butler does. I asked Duncan about it after the game. He didn't really want to go at the officials. Um, he said, he, I need to get better. It's kind of a combination of things. What can they do, though? Like, if you need his shooting at the end of the game, isn't every team going to do what Gordon Hayward did to the Miami Heat tonight? Yeah, so it's definitely going to be a problem. Like, you mentioned that he was getting killed in the last few minutes of the game when they were targeting him. But, yeah, like you said, during the rest of the game, Hayward was absolutely cooking Duncan Robinson. And I don't think it's been, like, as much of a problem as maybe we thought coming into the season. If you would have told me that they were playing Duncan this much, along with Hero, along with Nunn and Goron and all these other guys who we consider to be subpar defenders, I would think their defense would be even worse than it is right now. But Duncan Robinson has become so essential to their offense, and he has been... One of, frankly, one of the best offensive weapons in the league this year, uh, just off an efficiency standpoint. So it's hard. Like, Spo has to make these tough decisions where it's like, are you, you need to play him because he's obviously important to what they do and to them being successful. But at the same time, he's a detriment to defense. I think, honestly, my take on this has more to do with the team as a whole. If it was just Duncan Robinson out there as the one bad defender, it would be one thing. But the fact that he's always out there playing with other subpar defenders, I think that's what's really hurting the Heat because it ends up falling on him. They end up targeting him more than they did their other negative defenders. But like, Goran was essential to them because he was getting to the free throw line. He was scoring. He was getting their offense going when he would come off the bench. But he's just as bad on defense. Probably worse than Duncan Robinson because he doesn't have the legs, that the young legs that Duncan has. And Duncan has better size. So just off of that, I think Goran is the worst defender. I think Hero did a worse job on defense tonight. I think Every single time that Hero was out there on defense, something was happening with the Celtics, something bad for the Heat, right? Like there was there was one time where uh, Hero couldn't go around the screen and Jalen Brown got an open jumper. Uh, another another time where Jalen Brown took him straight to the rack and he just doesn't have the physicality to match up with this, frankly, extremely bulky Celtics team where everybody that not named Kemba Walker is really bulky. Like it's a problem. They got a lot of skinny guys and they were just getting outmatched by their physicality tonight. Yeah, and, and look, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about physicality going forward because Bam Adebayo addressed that. Uh, but I, I just want to stick on, on some of the defense here, and, and you mentioned it. For, for kind of point number two, uh, Tyler Hero. And I, I thought, you know, sometimes plus-minus numbers lie, and I think some of the plus-minus numbers tonight lied. Um, Deion Waiters did not feel like a plus tonight. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I know that there was, you know, one sequence he came in, he scored 11 points in seven minutes, but as Alf and I talked about on the video, I mean, it's a roller coaster. It's going to come down. Like, and, and you know, it's, it's almost a bad thing when Deion starts making shots because then he's empowered to take more shots and to hijack the offense. And I, I, I said on the last pod with Alf, and, and I think, Alex, you agree with me, some teams in this league. I, I think there are teams in this league that need his scoring that you know his ability to make plays off the dribble and get to the basket at times 
but the Heat are not one of them. Like, it's just, uh, you know, and I know, I know people said, well, okay, you know, sometimes they need an isolation scorer. They don't. And I think when you look at the assists tonight, like I asked Jimmy Butler about this, and you, know, you look at the assist number, I mean, the Heat had 15 assists tonight on 33 field goals. That's not what they were doing earlier in the season. They were doing 65 to 70%, which was a very, very high number. This is under 40 like 42%. And some of that is Dion time. And I just, it's not sustainable. So they're going to need to get Kendrick Nunn back soon. I think we've seen the differences between whatever faults Kendrick Nunn has, whatever frustrations we've had. Like Alf and I talked about in the last pod, he's made an effort to try to correct them. He's improved in a lot of those areas. I feel like Dion is like even more Dion than Dion used to be. Like, because he's missed so much time, he's trying to make up for lost time. So I don't think that went well. But get back to Hero. Minus 20 tonight. Uh, Myers Leonard was minus 11 in 11 minutes. No Kelly Olynyk. He played Chris Silva. And, and I think we're starting to see that there are some situations where Myers and Kelly may not be playable against some of these teams. And so I, I, we're talking about structural issues. Okay, so number one is what do you do with Duncan Robinson when you need his shooting, but you may not be able to take either his defense or the way that the game is called for him on defense? Okay, number two here. What do they do at the guard position right now when Hero is not giving them what they need defensively, but you don't really want to play Dion? Well, what's the option? Well, the option is you don't have any options, right? Well, you've got all the options. You just got to pick which what, what trade-offs you want in the game, right, depending on the matchup. Because we, like, as we talked about already, Hero is going to give you some defensive wards. I think the whole team as a collective has a lot of defensive warts because of what we've been talking about where they're playing multiple subpar defenders. But at the same time, I kind of had a different takeaway with Dion than you did. Not too much. Like, I don't think Dion had some great game. But I do think he's been useful for them in the sense that he gives a little bit of a jolt to their offense, even though he is not playing within the offense. I think that's the difference. The biggest difference between him and Kendrick Nunn is that they're both known as guys who really want to shoot the ball, except we see Kendrick Nunn play within the offense way more than Dion does. So I want to give Dion a few more games to kind of get acclimated because it is kind of a complex offense in the sense that it's very much an offense that's run around Jimmy and Bam and shooting, and Dion kind of doesn't fit into that puzzle. So I want to see him carve out his own role. I think he did a pretty good job defensively, just like he did against the Clippers and Kawhi. Uh, and because of that, you kind of have to keep him in the rotation because if you're not playing Dion as one of your guards, you're playing Goron or you're playing Hero or you're playing Duncan Robinson. And so that's the that's the balance that Spo has to try to figure out because which guys do you play, when do you play them, at what time. And I think all of this kind of comes down to the conclusion that they need to consolidate at the trade deadline, which is a week and a half away. Yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do more trade deadline episodes, but I think you can make more of a case for Dion defensively than offensively right now. Like exactly. that, that that case is better, but offensively, it's not gonna work, Alex. It's just not. There's there's no amount of adjusting to the system that's gonna make Dion a fit here. It's just he's played a certain way for so many years. He's not pliable like Kendrick Nunn is, and, and I just don't like. Yeah, if you're down 18 in a game. And like you need, you know, spark that maybe Dion gives you a little spark for five, six minutes and then you get him out. I, I it just it's not it's not personal, but it's just it's not workable. And I and these games that he's playing minutes, their assist numbers go go through the floor because they get totally out of their offense and they can't get back into it. And Jimmy didn't mention Dion specifically, but he said the ball needs to move. And they and he acknowledged they're not playing the way they played earlier in the season, particularly against good teams. Teams that are they're solid defensively. Stevens' teams are very good defensively and have wings, okay, who can guard and can switch. 
against those teams, Miami's offense gets gummed up, which is kind of the phrasing that was used today by Eric. And Dion, people said, well, when your offense is gummed up, you want somebody like Dion? No, because Dion makes your offense more gummed up. Okay, And, and so whatever benefit you're going to get out of him, it's not, you know, there's a lot of analogies I could use I probably shouldn't use. But, like, I just, you know what I mean? There's, there's certain people you meet, you're like, Okay, that person I would like to be with, but probably not good for my life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That that's that's been the Dion Waiters experience. All right, we're gonna get to more of this in a second. More structural issues. I don't want this to be too negative. A podcast. They've only lost three games, of, you know, at home. But uh, there are certain things we've talked about for a while, and they came up tonight. But definitely, this is Super Bowl week. BetDSI.com has all your Super Bowl props. So if you don't want to bet the NBA, you want to bet the NFL, go to BetDSI.com. Use 5101. That's the, the promo code FIVE101. You can bet on everything from the national anthem on down. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And obviously the Super Bowl down here in Miami should be a competitive game. It's been within two points the entire week. There are really no storylines for this game. I was out covering it today. There's nothing but Patrick Mahomes. But you can still bet on a bunch of stuff. So go bet on a bunch of different things. Hey, go bet on whether Matt Moore is going to get in this game, okay? Because you got Matt Moore and Chad Henney, two of the all-time great Dolphins quarterbacks, down here with the Kansas City Chiefs. So go to betdsi.com. 5101 is the promo code. You'll get a bonus, get a little bit extra before you gamble. All right, let's get to number three here. I mentioned this earlier, um, the bigs. So, okay, tonight, Bam plays 33 minutes. Uh had five fouls. This is the kind of game that you want to get production out of your other bigs. So Myers played 11 minutes, uh, had two points, two rebounds, minus 11. Olenek doesn't play. Silva gets 10 minutes, gives you five rebounds as a minus six. Uh, does have three steals. He was active defensively, as he typically is, but is often in the wrong position. Like it, it, They're still trying to get him to be in the right position. This is not going to be good enough from their bigs. It's just not. Again, is it fixable in-house? 
I mean, tonight, honestly, was a weird matchup in the sense that it kind of took him out of the regular rotation. I think Silva obviously came in the game because of Bam's foul trouble. And I think Spo was very hesitant to play. Myers, a lot of minutes, he kind of did the thing where he was doing at the beginning of the season where he would come in for the first few minutes of the first, uh, you know, the first few minutes of the second half, and then he'll be out of the game. And then it was the same thing with Kelly because they were going to Grant Williams as the backup center, who was about 6'7". And even though he's not a shooter, you don't exactly want Kelly out there versus a small lineup when he's already had a lot of defensive troubles this season. So I think it's definitely a weird game. And I got to tell you, I'm a lot more nervous about this Boston matchup than I was during the beginning of the season when I thought this was going to be a defensive-minded Heat team. And now that they're not, and they're you know obviously better on offense than they are on defense in, with this current iteration of the squad, I'm a little bit worried because Boston, you mentioned in the beginning of the show that they don't really have depth. And the thing with them is they have weird depth, right? Like they... The guys that they bring off the bench are, are a lot of names that people don't recognize, like Brad Wanamaker, uh, like Semi Ojale. And at the end of the day, those guys are out there making an impact. And it isn't because they're doing a lot of things. It has a lot to do with basically running the system exactly how Brad Stevens wants it. And what that defensive game plan was tonight was to completely gum up the Heat's offense, right? Which is, like we mentioned, it's, it's built around Jimmy getting to the line, getting to the rim. And he, he did not get any easy looks at the rim tonight. And then at the same time, they were closing out on shooters hard. They were pretty much more physical at every position than the Heat are. For the, and the Celtics are tougher than we thought. Their defense has been top five all year, and they have a lot of off- offensive weapons. Hayward is back to looking really good. They're, they're a problem. Well, that's the biggest thing is Hayward looks good. Like, to me, that's the X factor because I liked the Kemba for Kyrie switch, um, and I didn't care about them losing Rozier. I thought Horford was important for them, but not a great rebounder. And so, you know, you really weren't missing a lot in terms of physicality there. But to me, the whole thing was, you know, what were you going to get now out of Gordon Hayward? And was he going to fit with her other wings? Now, we didn't see Tatum tonight, but Jalen Brown has taken a step. He's an all-star. Uh, he should be the all-star over Tatum, in my view, the second all-star for, for them. And Hayward looks like he's getting back to all-star level. And this typically takes two years. We saw it with Paul George. So I think people are forgetting how good Gordon Hayward is and just what sort of a high IQ player he is. You saw that down the stretch of games and the way that he attacked. But he's also versatile. Um, I don't want to do the he's a better athlete than he looks thing, but he's a better athlete than he looks thing. Uh, and I just think that he makes them really dangerous in a way that I think we've kind of written him off uh, as that kind of player. But remember, this is a player that the Heat went after hard, okay, to give a max to make their Jimmy Butler before they got Jimmy Butler. And he's getting back to that kind of player, at least offensively. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, they are a problem. I agree with you. All right, last thing we're going to cover tonight, Jimmy Butler. 5 of 14 tonight. Now, a couple of those were late threes that didn't mean anything. But I I just want to give you some numbers here because I've given some of these before. And I know they've won a lot of these games where he hasn't shot well. But 5 of 14 is 36% from the floor. All right, we're now at – this was tonight his – this is his 16th game of the season shooting under 40%. 40%. Not shooting under 50% shooting under 40%. Now, we go back to the days of Dwayne and LeBron who were angry at each other and themselves if they didn't shoot 50. So Jimmy now, I mean, you look at 50% games, it's a pretty small list. I mean, we're right now at uh, 14 games of 50% or better, 16 games of under 40%. We've talked about, does he have some kind of an injury that hasn't been discussed, maybe a wrist, something like that. He's not going to talk about it if that's the case. He's playing his ass off. 
is playing really, really hard. So I don't fault him for any of this. But we're starting to see, against the better teams, gum up the heat offensively, take away the ball movement, hope that Jimmy can't get to the Jimmy and Bam can't get to the line a ton of times, force Jimmy to take some outside shots, and the Heat don't score like they typically do. And since the Heat are not a great defensive team, we've established that, then they lose. It, concerning. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Um, I think we definitely underplayed throughout the season. Jimmy has not been a great scorer, and obviously they haven't needed him to be a fantastic scorer for them to be a good offense just because of the shooting they've got surrounding him and the depth of the squad, like we talked about, between Jimmy and Bama as their two all-stars and a bunch of shooters, right? But at the same time, Jimmy should be shooting better. He should be shooting a higher percentage from the floor considering almost all of his shots come inside the paint. And yes, like a lot of that has to do with the fact that I'm pretty sure Spo was telling him, go straight to the paint. Like even if you don't get the layup, you're gonna get a good look or you're gonna get a free throw attempt or you're gonna pass out to the shooters. And so I don't think Jimmy's worried about his field goal percentage, but at the same time, he needs to be a better scorer. If you're really trying to win a first round, if you're really trying to win the second round in the playoffs, Jimmy can't be scoring, going 5 of 14 every day, because guess what? Hero and Duncan Robinson are not going to be on fire every game. Even though Duncan Robinson has pretty much been the best shooter in the league this season with Stephen Clay out, I just don't see it. Like, it's, it's troubling, right? I'm not trying to make it sound like the, the he'd have this serious, serious problem, and I don't trust him as a, as a playoff team. But at the same time, it's like there are holes in this team that Spo has done a really good job covering up with the band-aids of his scheme, which, again, is one of the reasons I gave him so much credit a couple weeks ago when we did that pod was because I think he did, he does an excellent job at covering up the team's issues with a band-aid, with figuring out exactly how to play on offense, exactly how to play on defense. But we're seeing what he exactly what he's covering up. Right, it's the perimeter defense that has been pretty damn bad, and honestly, tonight was playing catch up the whole night. And once they go against really, really good defenses, the offense struggles too, and they just go to being pretty much a mediocre team on both ends of the floor. And that's what you're worried about in the playoffs. Well, and Eric talked about the zone today. He kept saying it's not our primary defense, even though it has felt like it lately. And he acknowledged that they didn't rebound well in the zone. So you're right. There, he's having to cover things up defensively. But just this last point on Jimmy. Um, He's at 44% from the field overall at this point. And like you said, most of his shots are in the paint. And so, you know, him getting to the line nine and a half times a game, which is a career high for him and making 84%, has covered all this up. And that's why he's averaging 20. I don't is that going to happen in the playoffs? Well, I don't know. And that's the thing. I don't care what he averages from a points perspective, but your point is a good one here. A lot of this, they've been okay with it. Because they've had guys like Hero and Nunn and Duncan Robinson making shots when Jimmy collapses the defense. But if Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero become somewhat unplayable defensively in the playoffs, and they're not on the floor, and so you've got to play DJJ more, you've got to play JJ more, right? Thank God does their offense come to a halt when those guys come because, in the game. Because then you're counting on Jimmy to make those shots from the outside because he becomes one of their quote-unquote shooters because certainly DJJ and JJ are not. And so you, there's a real struggle there. So I guess the overall point of this pod, we've been very positive. Obviously, this has been a great season. And they're, they're still third in the East. I don't think Eric's going to coach the All-Star team now. I don't think they're going to get to second. You look at Toronto's schedule till the All-Star, till the decision's made. It's very soft. They should win all of those games. Probably good. Give the coaching staff a break. Heat are going to have a lot of players in Chicago. But I think what we've seen is some of the things we've talked about over the past three weeks have started to catch up with them. Against the, the bad teams, with the exception of Orlando the other night, I don't consider Orlando a bad team, but they're an okay team. But against the bad teams, you know, the Heat have been able to make up for it and squeak by. 
and against the good teams. This is the opposite of the beginning of the season. Against the good teams, they get gummed up offensively, and there's too many offensive rebounds, and there's too many bad defensive possessions. Even though tonight, with Bam mentioning that offensive rebounds were the issue, what's crazy is if you look at the numbers, there were 11 offensive rebounds for the Heat and 11 for the Celtics. It felt like more than that. They were all at the worst possible times. Yep. Uh, Daniel Tice got, got four of them. Hayward had two of them. Hayward just dominated them tonight. I mean, 10 of 14, 29 points, uh, nine rebounds. A couple assists. The free throw attempts. The, 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 the 10 free throw attempts, a block. Uh, he was a plus 10. He was really, really good. So, anyway, we'll have more positive podcasts coming up this week and a little bit of a time to reflect on this. They've got Orlando, they've got Philly coming up. It's not an easy stretch. Uh, but tonight, I think this was not disappointing tonight, but I think it was revealing. I think that's where I would go with it. Um, check out our, our final sponsor of the episode. Go to onecalllegal.com, spell it out, onecalllegal.com. That's a Seltzer Mayberg law firm. They're 24 hours a day to handle legal cases of all kinds. Also, check out fivereasonsports.com. Make sure you spell that out, fivereasonsports.com, for all the latest Super Bowl and Miami Heat content. We're doing Super Bowl with the Dolphins twist. Two of the three yards per carry guys, Alfredo Arteaga, Chris Kaufman, were in the building tonight. That made it a watch party. That's why the Heat lost. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.